Welcome to HorrorFatal.com, almost live, where sarcasm goes to the movies and snark watches TV, with your hosts, the Horror Fatal and the Diva Mummy. Welcome to HorrorFatal.com, almost live. I'm your host, the Horror Fatal, bringing you this week's horror news, reviews, recaps, and information. As always, I ask you to give us a rating or subscribe at iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or whatever platform you are listening to this cast on. Okay, you guys, that was the sound of an ambulance, and that's not um, opening up the horror news as much as explaining my absence for the last two weeks. If you are following me on the socials, you probably know I had a actual serious um, health emergency um, over the last couple of weeks. Thank God, no, it wasn't COVID-related, but it was actually quite serious, I had some kind of neurological episode that happened and I couldn't see very well. I had um, double vision and it led me to Cedar's emergency room and inside of it, their lovely (laughs) um, MRI machine for 45 minutes where they took pictures of my brain and of my eyes. Um, And so I'm... I'm still under, I am still under the doctor's care, but it every day it gets a little bit better or whatever. She said it would, but it's, it's I got a, a road ahead of me because I have to keep going to the neurologist and a neural optometrist. <laughs> I didn't even know they had one, but they do have those and I have to visit him shortly and have a couple of other follow-up appointments. But... I am really on the mend and I'm flying through my goals because she was, uh, my doctor said that it was going to take six to eight weeks for the whole thing to clear up, but I am back um, to not wear an eye patch, but I do still have to wear my glasses Um, and I have to, uh, every couple of hours, give my eyes a rest and I have like these special lights and shit that have to go on my computer and on my TV. It's it's a it's a mess, but I'm just grateful that again it wasn't COVID, thank God. Um but uh we're trying to figure out what this is and what we need to do so this does not happen again. So I just I don't like sharing a whole lot, but <laughs> I just wanted to explain where I was cuz the shit got real for me. And so it, it, it kind of changed my whole attitude about a lot of things because I was really, really scared. And I, I don't usually get scared. But um, as you might know, I live in Los Angeles by myself. The only um, connection to my my little family is my little dog. And she um, can't call 911. <laughs> so it was really, really scary. Just I'll leave it at that. But I am on the mend and I'm getting better. And hopefully... Um, 
I'll continue to get better and I will continue to be able to be back every week. So I just wanted to give you guys an update on what was going on because I posted my lovely eye patches on the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, they were cool. I was looking for something kind of cool. I, f- I figured you had to make the most, I had to make the most out of it. <laughs> so why not look as fly as I can? <laughs> but word, you guys, it's really hard to make um, eye patches cool. <laughs> But people pull it off, so I was determined to pull it off. And if I had had to have it, you know, the patches a little longer, I guess I would have got it together. But I tried best I could. Um, so that's what was up, and I'm back, you guys. Hopefully to stay, <laughs> and I don't have to do a rerun of any more episodes. But I also want to thank you guys for listening to the rerun of the Room 104 interview that I got to do with the lovely Cindy Fleischman. And hint, hint, I might get to do another one for this upcoming season, and I will talk about that more at the at the tail end of the cast. Today's a good day to die. Flatline. 30 seconds to go. Can you recall any specific emotion or sensation? No, but there's something out there. We're running out of time. 300, clear. Nothing. You're hot, go again. Clear. Nothing, I can't hear anything. Come on, Nelson. Freeze. We lost him. No. Welcome back, man. I'm going next. Two minutes. Two ten. Was there anything negative about your experience? This is too weird. We've experienced death. Now, somehow, we brought our sins back physically. They're pissed. That is not a hallucination, and it is not possible. Oh, my God. You withheld information that's the same as lying. You wouldn't have done it. At least we would have had a choice. You're not real. <laughs> hey, come on, they're your sins. Live with them. I do. No! Nelson, please! I thought I paid my dues. Thank you for the nightmare. No! Come on, Joe! Starting CPR. Flatliners. Some lines shouldn't be crossed. That was the trailer for 1990s Flatliners, and that signals the beginning of this week's horror news. It's kind of not this week's horror news, um, but... Director Joel Schumacher died at the age of 82 weeks ago. And as you know, Schumacher directed Flatliners in 1990. And the film I just talked about a couple of episodes back, Lost Boys in 1987. He also directed a film that is not horror, but I also really liked it. Because it was so over the top. As much of uh, Mr. Schumacher's work kind of was. Um, and that was A Time to Kill. He also directed 1997's Batman and Robin that pretty much everyone hates. <laughs> Not me. I don't hate it. I, I think it's a, a cheeseball corny mess. Um, so I kind of dig it a little bit. It had a... <laughs> It, it definitely kind of has that Joel Schumacher kind of vibe to it. If you just pay attention to his work, every all of his actors, for some reason, um, they seem to 
go over the top in their performances with him, but um, for him I should say, and I think it might come because of his past. He I think he started out as a costume designer, as a matter of fact, and I know for a fact he was the um, costume designer on The Wiz, which is you know the black version of The Wizard of Oz, of course, and it's dramatic, it's over the top, and it's flamboyant. So I think that kind of um, aesthetic kind of followed Mr. Schumacher and his work because um, A Time to Kill, the performances by Samuel Jackson is just over the fucking top. It's it's over the top. <laughs> you know, there's the famous scene in it, hell yes, and I'll do it again, or something like that. That's probably not the quote, but you get the, the idea. Um, so rest in peace, Mr. Schumacher, and again, thank you very much for the Lost Boys. Lionsgate has acquired the Stephen Herman Horospec script, The Culling for Shazam. The script tells the story of a troubled priest that confines himself to a remote cabin in the middle of the woods where he attempts to make a last stand against the demon that terrorized his family when he was a kid. Um, there is no word, of course, of when this film will go into production or when casting will start because we are still in COVID. Which, today, in another horror story, we hit 3 million cases of COVID in the United States. So, MAGA, we're winning, yes. Uh, America has become such a third world country, but that's another topic for a different podcast. Claire Foy from The Crown will star in the psychological horror Dust. Foy will play a mother in 30s Oklahoma who is hunted by her past and trapped in a horrifying dust storm. She becomes convinced that her family is threatened by a mysterious presence and takes extraordinary measures to protect them. Sounds a little bit like the fog to me. Dust storm, presence in the storm. Yeah, sounds like the fog but sounds interesting and once again there's no date on when this will start production because COVID. Moving on to TV news or streaming TV news Lucifer season 5 got its premiere date it will premiere on Netflix August 21st and also they got picked up for the 6th and final season to also air on Netflix that's pretty good for a show that actually got cancelled um what two seasons ago and the fans got busy and yo not only did we get them a continuation season we got them two more so yay us and whoever says twitter can't move things you're completely wrong because we did that shutter announced today there are two panels at comic con at home they will be called scary good tv with horror um, horror top showrunners and horror is queer you can visit you know horrorfatale.com <laughs> to get the list of panelists the names of the panelists and you will you can find out more information of where you can view comic con at home I am very much looking forward to this because I had planned to go to um, comic con this year because it's in San Diego and I'm close to San Diego and and I wanted to take the lovely train ride the lovely the train ride is lovely so whenever you guys we get back to normal I suggest the train line on the starlight that rides the coast the west coast you can you can go all the way to Vancouver but 
the train ride to LA, I mean, from LA to San Diego is lovely. Um, but again, COVID came and said, no, 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 no. So what um, Comic-Con has done is they're going to do Comic-Con at home. And again, you can go to horrorfortale.com to get details on how you can view that. And you can see the panelists that Shudder is having. There, there's some pretty sweet um, panelists lined up for this. So I think it's going to be really good. And think about it. You can be in your pajamas, put your feet propped up, eating the snacks of your choice for free (laughs) and just taking part in all these panels it's very cool searchlights horror movie antlers is also heading to comic con at home on july 25th producer and my friend he's not really my friend uh (laughs) producer gil de toro and scott cooper will also be there virtually to tease the film the film as you know pre-covid was supposed to open on april 17th the film stars Carrie Russell, Jesse Flemons, and Graham Greene. It's set in an isolated Oregon town. Antlers follows a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother who become embroiled with her ignomatic student whose dark secrets lead to terrifying encounters with a legendary ancestral creature who came before them. That ought to be really good. Um, I love Guillermo de Terrell's work, so I'm looking forward to that as I know most of us was I'm pretty sure that you've seen the trailer by now but if not <laughs> you know where I'm going to direct you right harfatile.com whilst I was preparing and aren't y'all proud of me you see how a neurological episode will make a bitch prepare <laughs> I had actually prepared for this I actually sat my ass down and made sure that I took notes instead of just being a rambling mess which I'm rambling now but anyway while I was preparing for the show, word came up that Ryan Gosling's Wolfman, um, let's see, Universal Pictures has set its Wolfman project on a fast track for production. Lee Warman is negotiating to direct Ryan Gosling in a lead role, and Jason Bloom's Blumhouse has boarded the picture <laughs> to be the producer along with Gosling. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, there's more. Um, Waymo will also be writing the treatment for the film, which is based on an idea of its own and inspired by the 1941 classic, I guess, um, Rai Rai and <laughs> Rai Rai is saying, hey, yo, you know, Elizabeth Moss did really good with Invisible Man, so let me get in on the action and remake some old classics. So, um, this will be inspired by the 1941 classic. Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Deadline reports that Wana and Gosling have wanted to work together for some time, but the director originally demurred when first offered Wolfman. I, I, I gotta see what they do with this, because that's one of those really classic horror movies and truth to be told they haven't really been successful (laughs) when they remake the wolfman or make werewolf movies in the present it's it it goes not that great (laughs) to me in my opinion um hit me up man and let me know um, recommend some good ones if you can if you can um so 
Yeah, they're, they're saying after the classic movie Monsters program off to a rough spark with the pricey flop, The Mummy. I think they're talking about the one that Tom Cruise just did. Uh, yeah, but the one with Brendan Fraser, the, tr- the little franchise with Brendan Fraser did was really actually pretty good. But we'll see. You know, Ryan Gosling, he, he he's an actor-actor, so he usually, to my knowledge, doesn't do movies that are you know that he can't pull off and make not corny and cheesy or bad but you know you know with horror sometimes it bad can be really really good so we'll see but um that's that so that's this week's horror movie news i'm linda Oh, Michelle, nice to officially meet you. Likewise. Aw, cute baby. <laughs> Cunt. When would you want to get this process started? I just need some help getting organized. Let me give you a tour. Cheers. Cheers. Whoa! Listen, I feel really terrible. How can I make that up to you? I, I really have to go. Are you thinking about leaving now? Linda! I get it. Why would you want to hang out with a weirdo like me? Everyone is so fucking fake! I think you're having some kind of breakdown. <laughs> what a crock of shit! I used to be popular! Everyone wanted to be me! You don't know anything about me! That was the trailer for the film Homewrecker, which is this week's horror movie review. Um, whilst I was convalescing, I got the opportunity to watch the film Homewrecker, which uh, made its debut actually on July 3rd at the drive-in. And But I've had the screener a minute um, because it was originally scheduled to come out a little bit later, but when, you know, they had an opportunity to play at at the drive-thru. They took it, and I can't say that I blame them. Um, so it was in select theaters on July 3rd, select drive-in theaters on July 3rd, and it became available on demand yesterday, um, D- on demand yesterday in digital and DVD. The film stars uh, Precious Chong and Alice Esco and Zach Gain. And Precious Chong is who you would think she is. That name in, um, Jesus, neurological episode. <laughs> Precious Chong is the daughter of the famous Tommy Chong, sister of Ray Dong and uh, Robbie, and Marcus Chong, who is in the who was in the Matrix and never seen again <laughs> on film anyway. That is, but I. The film Homewrecker is about Michelle. She's an interior designer and she's a newlywed to Robert. 
and Linda, who lives alone and fills her days with painting and exercise classes. Seeking a new friend, Linda courses the reserved, differential Michelle into visiting her home for a, sp a spontaneous um, interior design consultation. Once inside, it quickly becomes that Linda has something far more sinister on her mind than throw pillows. This movie is batshit crazy. <laughs> it's batshit crazy. And I have the Green Band trailer on HorrorFatale.com, which I tell you to go visit. But the actual um, Red Band is the one that I just played for you guys. This, I gotta say, I like it. I liked it for indie, a small film that was actually written by um, Precious Chong and Alex Esco and Zach Gain, which I'm taking to kind of mean that they, it's also directed by Zach Gain, who's um, Robert in the film, the boyfriend, I mean, the husband. Um, he, I mean, you can tell that I think a lot of this shit was ad-libbed. Like, they were... And you gotta give them props to that because they did such a really good job of keeping it together. Um, it's a it there isn't a traditional body count, but it is bloody. I think the body count probably uh, comes up to one. So it, you know, but it it's a it's horror in the traditional sense that. Um, this woman, <laughs> Linda, um, played by Precious Chong, she's Annie Wilkes. <laughs> she's Annie Wilkes, and Michelle is kind of um, the the James Conn character. I can't think of his is the name of his character in in Misery, but you can tell from the determination that she's 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 playing this really 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 well to get Michelle to come to her house. I kind of felt a little sorry for her, the way that they uh, have her. Uh, she she has a cat, of course, and her little home has all these weird uh, <laughs> throwbacks. And I guess when she was a teenager, she had some kind of game I'd never heard of before where you play it. It's a board game, but you actually play it with a VHS tape that goes along with the game. And she has, uh, Linda is very sad. <laughs> She's very, very, very sad. She's stuck in 1990. We don't find out. You know, the sign of a good film and a bad film with me is if I have questions. And this is one of those ones where I have questions. And kind of in a good way and also kind of in a bad way. But we don't find out why. I wanted to know the backstory of what the fuck was going on with Linda so that's a good thing because anytime I want to know more about a character I think that's a good thing and because she's so lonely and she's so she's so pathetic and sad I, I should almost be offended that <laughs> they made her a 40 year old that's that sad and sad <laughs> we're not all that sad Jesus but she's really 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 fucking sad and she's holding on to uh, her childhood or her teenage years for some reason and there is a twist though there's a, a twist that I didn't see coming so well done on that twist I don't want to spoil you guys because I always want you guys to watch these things but um there's a, a twist that I didn't see coming that was really different and really well done 
her madness is kind of not of her own making. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and you, um, you really pull for the other character, the other female lead, Michelle, the interior um, designer, because she she does have good intentions, and she gets kicked in the teeth for having good intentions. <laughs> Um, but you gotta, you have to give her credit because she puts up a hell of a fight against Linda, who again is batshit crazy. There's one scene that I really, really want to spoil you guys on her on, but I won't do it. But <laughs> um, it's literally in the trailer. <laughs> um, so please watch the trailer. Please, please, please. Just if you do nothing else, watch the trailer. It involves um, Lisa Loeb. You remember Lisa Lowe from back in the day? I cannot think of the name of that fucking song, but they played that song. I remember them playing that song at nauseum <laughs> um, back in the, um, was that even the 90s? I don't even know if that was, I think it was. That she had, it was Stay. Oh yeah, it was Stay because it was on the, re I think it was on the Reality Bites soundtrack when I was a, a, a child. Well, not a child, but a teenager. And they played that shit like to death every time that shit was on the fucking radio. It's like, God, I wanted to pull my ears off. Um, but she does something, Linda does something with that song that's fucking hilarious and offered some levity um, to the movie. The movie is actually very light and, and, and it's, it's, it's a comedy. It's a dark comedy. I think that's the way I would classify it. It would be misery if it was done as a dark comedy. And I know Annie Wilkes had her moments where shit was funny, like the pigs and all that. But this is like nonstop. Um, Precious Young, I had never, Chong, sorry. I had never um, heard of her. Didn't know it was another Chong besides Ray Young and Marcus and Robbie. But apparently there are two more Chongs. <laughs> Tommy was busy in the, in the 60s and the 70s but anyway um Precious is a she she's a pretty good actress I was I was happily surprised because you know I was like oh lord <laughs> I really did I kind of thought oh well she got she get got a job because she's Tommy Chong's daughter you know but she's actually pretty good in this anyway I um she has a very Leslie Mann kind of vibe to her in her in this performance because you you want to like her you want to like her but again bad shit fucking crazy. Uh, let's see what else can we tell you about it. Uh, the the other lead um, Alex she's also really good in this she holds her own and she like I said she handles herself really well and she. She's, she's not going out on the fight. She wants to be the final girl, which, you know, it's the object of most of these. This is um, a pretty good film, and if you're looking for something light and you don't have to think a whole lot and you want to giggle and see, you know, a murder or two, um, I would highly recommend that you watch it. And again, it's playing on demand, digital, and DVD. And if you are lucky enough to be somewhere near a drive-in theater, you can actually go see it at the drive-in. I'm looking forward to going to the drive-in again, but I can't drive right now because they don't, again, they don't know if, you know, if I'm going to have another 
episode and they don't want me to do that in the middle of driving blah 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 but that was the our review for homeworker i'm not gonna do a full written review i'm just telling you guys check it out it's it's not bad it's actually pretty good for for what it is it's a, a, a you know a non-studio movie and um i don't know they look didn't look like they had a hell of a budget but i think they did pretty good with what they had and you know it's an indie horror you got to support indie horror because more and more we support indie horror maybe we'll get better studio movies i i i think it's really funny because we're doing all this complaining online about you know them pushing back you know the major horror movies which they have to do because truth be told I don't think anybody's gonna run their ass in a movie theater I know people think that there are a lot of folks out here um, dying to get out in quarantine because that those make the best news stories but I think most people are not dying to go sit back in theaters not right now and I that is my favorite thing to do I love movies I love going to the movies that's that's one of my joyous events but I am not stepping foot back into a movie theater right now. It's just not going to happen. And to hear, like, um, I'm quoting somebody. I want to say Brad Mishka from Bloody Disgusting. Because he, he made a really valid point on Twitter. There's so much horror that's been released. Uh, either in, in streaming-wise or on demand. Good horror. Like this little, like I said, Homewrecker is a small indie but it's actually pretty good. So if you're dying to see, you know, new horror, it's out there. You don't have to, you know, sit in a movie theater to do it. Uh, they pushed back a whole bunch of shit earlier today. Um, let's see if I can find it really quick because I don't want to hold you. <laughs> but um, they pushed back. I know they pushed back both of the Halloween, the Halloween kills. They pushed back. They also, uh, uh oh, it won't let me do it. It won't let me do it. Okay. Well, they pushed back a bunch of stuff. Universal pushed back a, a, a lot of stuff today. Um, Halloween Kills is one of them, Halloween Ends is another one. I'm pretty sure the Purge film coming up is another one. Now, they also pushed back, and this is my rant for today, they also pushed back Candyman. But they only pushed it back a month. Now, this is my gripe with this. And you can agree or disagree or whatever. We're supposed to be in a time where, you know, you have studios, quote unquote, white run studios to um, claiming that they want to be more inclusive, right? Candyman stars a predominantly black cast of characters. So, quote-unquote, I guess that makes it a black horror movie. Have we not learned anything from Black Panther? If there are things... We, black Panther, Get Out, um, Us... I think they're not expecting um, Candyman to do that well or not to be the blockbusters of the Halloweens or of, of the Purge or whatever. But I think it's very unfair that you guys want to go ahead and rush that out into the theaters, knowing full well that people, like I just said, aren't really going to go 
out to go to movie theaters. But you pushed all these other movies that were supposed to premiere in October of this year to next year so they could be viewed inside of a movie theater. Now, fairs, let's be fair. Fair is fair. How, if you give us something that we want to see, regardless of the color of the actors in the film, ha ha ha, Black Panther, Get Out, their movies, we will go see the movie if it's a good movie. Now, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get mad and turn something into something that maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Maybe I'm just too <laughs> caught up in the moment of what's going on. But that's what it seems like to me. You have a female black woman directed horror film produced by a black man starring a black cast. And you decide to put that into the movie theaters again where it's not going to have a chance rather than push it and you guys Candyman that whole franchise is one of my favorite horror movies I um follow Tony Todd he follows me I hope you're listening and hear this um so I'm very protective and, and very outspoken and I don't think Candyman gets the credit and the fandom that it deserves so I'll just say that first off but the fact that you're you're not going to treat it like Halloween and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Put it in a movie theater. I want to see it in a movie theater. I just, I just don't think it's fair. I just don't think it's fair to put that big franchise in a movie theater where it doesn't have a chance this year. Maybe I'm ta speaking out of turn. Maybe um, Jordan Peele and Blumhouse are okay with this. Maybe, maybe it's their idea. I don't think it's a good one. I'm saying, as a fan, give it a chance. Push it. <laughs> Push it back like you're doing the other films. Give it a chance to make some dollars as well. Just saying. Um, and I think that's <laughs> that's it for my rant. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but you know, it's just something that I noticed. Uh, let's see. I think that's all I want to bore you with today. This is a long one for us or whatever, but, you know, I'm glad to be back. Hopefully I'll be um, back next week and everything holds, my health holds and continues to get better. Um, upcoming, Room 104 will be premiering on July. I should have wrote it down. I should have wrote it down. I, and I was so proud of myself for being um, all prepared. But <laughs> it looks like... Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, I did write it down. Room 104 premieres on July 24th. And full disclosure, I already have uh, the screeners for the upcoming season. And I'm going to watch them this weekend. And I'll be telling you guys more about how you should be watching the last season of Room 104 on HBO. It's such a good little quirky uh, show and it's one of those ones where you cannot wait to see what the next episode is going to be because they're usually also batshit crazy and strange and, and, and curious and all that good stuff uh, that's it so I'll be back to you guys next week I'm going to ask you guys to follow me on the socials on twitter at Horfatel and at instagram at the Horfatel. just want to say 
Good night, dolls. Sweet nightmares. Wash our hands. And black lives still matter even though we've stopped covering it. No one's ever heard this song. <laughs> this is it. This is the place right here in this room. Something happened to me in this room.